You're listening to Girl Talk, a podcast for girls, hosted by Girl Scouts River Valleys. Girls are go-getters, innovators, risk-takers, and leaders. As the premier leadership organization for girls, Girl Scouts sets the standard. Girl Scouts is the girl expert, and in a world full of challenges, we're in Girl's Corner. Hi, everyone. I'm Hannah, and I'm here with Idell. Hey. And today we're welcoming Maddie Dietz to the podcast. Hi. We've wanted to talk to Maddie for a while now. She's got some interests that we think a lot of our listeners will identify with. She's out there basically crushing it as a high school student who's taking college courses part-time and showing up as a leader in Girl Scouts as part of the River Valley's Girl Leadership Board and as a founding member of the Press Corps. She's working on building a career as a fiction writer and journalist, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to Girl Talk, Maddie. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Thanks Welcome. for being here. Thank you. All right, we're going to jump right into some writing questions. You're you're excited to talk about writing. Oh, soon. yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. We asked you to come to the show to talk about your writing. And so let's start from the beginning. How did you become interested in being a writer? So I actually had to write an essay about like when I first started becoming a writer um, a few weeks ago, and I couldn't remember when I started <laughs> um, from like the moment I could speak or like put piece together a few words. I was telling my mom stories and having her write them down. Mm-hmm. And then the second I could write, I was scribbling little messy like paragraphs. And then the second I could figure out how to type, then I did that too. Yeah. So it's just been a constant stream of trying to write in any way I can. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. So you couldn't remember because it was when you were born. Exactly. (laughs) Before you could remember. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) On my first birthday, I just started writing a novel. I don't know. Prodigy. Amazing. (laughs) That's great. So you're super passionate about writing as like a creative outlet. Can you tell us like why it's important to you? What does it mean to you? Absolutely. I feel like writing is something that um, both helps yourself and can help other people. So you can write in order to process your own emotions, to understand how you feel about different subjects and to explore like how you create work. And you can also share that writing and read other people's writing to sort of see yourself reflected in media and to, I don't know how to describe it, just like connect with other people in a new way. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I think sometimes people think of reading as like a solitary thing. Yeah. But it can actually be really like a community thing too, right? Because so many people are are reading the same thing. And so then you can connect with them about that. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for summing up my point in like such a a sufficient, like good way. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no, because I definitely relate to that. Being able to sort of connect to people based on what you've been reading. Hannah's a very good summarizer. That's why she's such a good interviewer. (laughs) That's why I'm the host. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) I'm so good. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, I'm serious. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about what you write, Mm -hmm. because I'm really interested in that. First of all, what format do you mostly write in? Oh, it's kind of a mix. I mostly write short stories, so that's around like 2,000 to 10,000 words. Yeah. And then I'm working on a novel and then I do some poetry a yeah. little bit, just yeah. a tiny bit. Yeah. Good to mix a little bit of poetry exactly. in there. Yeah. <laughs> you write mostly fiction and science fiction. So how, how do you feel when you're kind of like creating those characters or those worlds? I mean, it feels great, honestly. I get lost in it um, super easily, which is fun when, like, you know, after a few hours, you've got this whole world, you've got this plot that you're really excited to dive into, and it's not fun when you have, like, other homework on the table. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But that's okay. That's all right. (laughs) 
Yeah, so you have to like manage your time a little bit because yeah. you, if you could, you would write all the time. Is oh, that yeah. What you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. I know how that feels. I don't know when you just like don't want to do anything else. I felt that yeah. way when we first started the podcast. I was like, <laughs> I will not do anything else. I will only read about podcasts <laughs> all night until it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to find something that like interests you that much. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like the characters you're you're working with, do you write characters that you sort of identify with? Do you write characters that you don't identify with? Kind of how does that play out? Kind of a mix of both because I see reading and writing as something that's vital and helpful and being able to see yourself reflect in media. I try to both write characters I identify with to, you know, help out uh, the community I identify with and um let people see more representation of media. Um, and that's exactly why I write characters I, uh, that I don't identify with too. Like yeah. you want a, a broad cast. There's a lot of, I think, science fiction in particular that's um, written from one very specific perspective, <laughs> usually a man, usually yeah. white, usually a very sexist and awful, but that's how right. it goes a lot of the time. Yeah. I think it's fantastic that there's sort of this new world opening up in short stories and fiction and science fiction in particular, allowing um, like new voices to come into play. It's yeah. really great. You said that it reminded me of a project that I was sort of involved with. I helped I helped narrate a Kickstarter video. Nice. <laughs> I wasn't involved with the actual writing of any of the content, but I did help narrate the video. It's really good. Um, <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> um, but it, it's for this project. It's like a comics anthology mm-hmm. called Enough Space for Everyone Else that basically explicitly has the goal of writing some sci-fi that isn't about a white male military sort of imperialist guy, yeah. right? So <laughs> yeah. something a little bit different than that. Um, and so, yeah, I really resonate with that because you're right. There's so much science fiction in writing and also in like on TV, movies, mm. video games, where it's just always the same guy. <laughs> they have one that character guy. and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Like, just give him different names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, here's Brian, Chet. <laughs> Greg. It's <laughs> just the same guy every time. <laughs> yeah. Well, so tell us about your favorite character that you've ever created. Oh, of my own or like of someone else's? Oh, yeah. gosh. So it's a story that's not published yet. I wrote this story called um, Stone Ruth about Ruth Stone's poetry. One of the tales that's told about her poetry is that whenever a poem came to her, like she would sometimes have to grab it by the tail and drag it back exactly backwards. So I wrote a story in backwards narrative structure, which was so fun to that's do. So cool. <laughs> yeah. It's um, like a major brain exercise. It really <laughs> was. It really was. And the protagonist, um, I just absolutely fell in love with the um, freedom that particular character gave me to like explore metaphor and yeah. how I wanted to word things, especially since uh, this is sorry, I'm going to talk more about how I think fiction is lacking sometimes. Go for no, it. Go do for it. it. Yeah. That's awesome. what this podcast is for. <laughs> we want to hear your perspective. We want to hear your experience. Dish. Okay, yeah. great. Dish. <laughs> I think there's um, a severe lack of teenage girls in fiction just being teenage girls. Mm. Like they're either these tiny little like children characters who need to be like taken care of, or there are these full grown adults who are so mature despite being like, I don't know, 15. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like already like the best assassin in the world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
So I wanted to write a teenage character who was very specifically a teenage character. Yeah. I don't know, just writing from that perspective that, you know, I obviously have experienced. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it was very freeing and very enjoyable. So that's probably my favorite character I've created so far. Nice. That's so cool. Yeah, I think that I was actually just talking to someone about this the other day about oh, yeah. how... It, that it can be kind of dangerous to have, like, narratives of all these teenage girls who are, like, perfect or, like, already really skilled at something and you don't see their process to to get to that point or, like, they just don't feel real, but they're yeah. meant to be inspirational in the sense that it's, like, girls are so cool, they can yeah, do anything, like but, powerful. but it's almost like you read that and you're like, oh, well, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, unattainable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, how do I do that? <laughs> Exactly. How do I become the world's best assassin? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't show the process of her becoming the world's best assassin. Now I have to look it up on the dark web. <laughs> I don't always talk about the dark web, and I'm going to be real with you. She does not know what the dark web is. Like you do. Yeah, I know a little bit more than you do based on the references you make. Anyway. You don't think you can learn how to be an assassin on the dark web? <laughs> no, don't even. I like the idea of people on the dark web writing like wiki how articles. <laughs> how to be, be an assassin. assassin. Okay. This is the dark web. Can I, <laughs> can I tell you something funny? When I, so like, I grew up in like, in a PC computer family. And then when I got my first iPad and like iPhone and I was like, <laughs> and I figured out the like private browsing and it like turns the background black and you thought I was, it was the like, dark web? I no, I knew it wasn't, <laughs> but that's what I think every time. I'm like, oh, I'm moving to the dark web <laughs> where no one can track me. <laughs> that's oh just I shouldn't have told you that. Hannah has a lot of like fodder for uh if she ever needed to like burn me, <laughs> she's got it all. Yep, I do. <laughs> all right. Well, there's a little bit of a dive into my <laughs> problems. <laughs> the point is, though, that like that, yeah, that you don't see their process, you don't see them grow to become mm -hmm. what they are. So then, then you know, as a girl, as a woman, even you you read these stories, and then you're just like, well. I'm not that cool. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel inspirational anymore. It just feels sad. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so I think that's really great. You wrote a character that was like really explicitly like from mm -hmm. the experience of an actual teenage girl. That's great. Yeah. I think it's so cool. Like we've talked about it. We talked about in another interview that we did with someone for the show um, about like if you don't see content that you like, like make it. Yeah. Because there's going to be so many other like other girls, other young women who are out there who would think the same thing mm -hmm. and they don't have the, you know, they don't have your skills to do it. They just want the content. So yeah. like, you know, you want it. So yeah. make it. If yeah. you're, I just think that's so cool. Yeah. If you're sitting there thinking like, oh gosh, I really wish I could read or watch something about blank. Like chances are there's thousands of other people who want to watch or read that exact thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. And then they might read your story and maybe their skill is like, they want to make movies. So yeah. they make a movie <laughs> off of your thing. And all of a sudden we've got all this great content. Maddie, I happen to know that you and Hannah, I mean, we've touched on it a little bit, but you share a love for science fiction. Um, so tell us what sci-fi does for you and why you like it. Absolutely. Um, I think sci-fi gives like this unique opportunity to explore the future, like the good sides and the bad sides. So you can vent your frustrations or worries about the future. You can imagine what you think 
things would be like if we changed for the better. And there's also this uniquely like what is human element of it. Like if you remove all modern context from people, who are those people then? And also robots is a good thing. (laughs) Yes. And also robots. And space. Yes. Space. I I definitely agree with that. One of the main reasons, and we kind of touched on this, but like one of the main reasons I really like sci-fi and I like to read a lot of sci-fi that's, that sort of allows us to tell a story and imagine a future where things like, like sexism and racism aren't the topic of the story. Like, like, because if you write something realistic now, you almost have to, to, or it feels like you sort of have to touch on that sometimes Mm -hmm. um, because that's like the realistic reality that we live in but I like that in sci-fi we can like skip that part we can imagine a future where we've moved past it Mm -hmm. and then and then we can have some characters do stuff without having to be like she was the first female pilot in the galaxy you know what I mean like we can just skip that part just be like this is normal (laughs) yes we don't have to talk about it (laughs) exactly exactly so we can kind of just like fast forward and then do some stories that that I really want to hear about where we, yeah, we don't have to worry about that stuff as much. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe for both of you, but Maddie, do you prefer, like, thinking about fiction and um, genre, like, do you prefer dystopian or utopian? Oh, that's really hard to answer. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of utopian structures end up being like pseudo dystopian. Because conflict is conflict and conflict yeah, is right. needed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think I'd have to say utopian structures just because like, yeah, there's that opportunity to um, talk about more full stories without having to, you know, get in the weeds of like sexism as with like if you don't necessarily want to in that story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you also have this opportunity to have like more complex conflict and see how structures that don't exist right now might work. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% yeah. on the same page because I feel like, yeah, you can explore conflict that goes beyond like big societal collapse. You can yeah. explore more personal conflict, but in like a context that's maybe different from what uh, like we've experienced. I don't know if you've ever read any Becky Chambers. No, um, but now I'm going to have to. <laughs> my hot recommendation there. Um, but uh, she definitely like she writes a lot of like really like sort of personal like this is our personal experience, but she writes really well about a culture in the future that looks different from ours, right? So the cultural context is different. It's sci-fi, but the story, the conflict is really about people's individual like experiences together. I really like that stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's right up my alley. Yeah, okay. Thank Becky you. Chambers, look it up. Right. Everybody, look it up. Yeah, <laughs> put it in the notes. <laughs> So we're kind of talking about like having this like sort of shared experience around sci-fi. Like we're having a moment right now (laughs) where we're kind of sharing an interest in that. How does it feel when when you kind of share your work and when other people read it? Oh, that's tough. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that sort of the act of writing is trying to distill as much of yourself and your emotions as possible Mm -hmm. into like one neat little packet that Mm -hmm. you can then hand other people, which is really odd and weird and vulnerable and strange. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's also a very rewarding experience. Like when you work that hard to create something that is like at its core meant to be read by other people, it's fantastic to have other people read it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you um, ever feel like, do you feel, do you get ever really like nervous? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. There's like a direct correlation to how like familiar I am with the person and how nervous I am. Oh yeah. Yeah. I gave um, a story to some neighbors and for the like grand total of three hours it took them to read it, I was just like pacing, biting my nails. Just, <laughs> yeah. They loved the story. So it all worked out That's fine good. in the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you ever gotten feedback that made you feel bad? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think because like sharing your work is so vulnerable, like in that moment, almost any feedback can feel really, really bad, even if it's like very light. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I use commas like crazy. So whenever I get a note about that, you know, it it feels not great in the moment because, you know, it's something you have to fix, Mm -hmm. but you didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's good to sort of work through that initial burst of like, oh no, to um, better your work as a whole. So I think the feedback that's difficult to hear is often like the most helpful, which I I should have picked a like more poignant example than commas. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I kind of love that because I definitely relate. Especially because that's your impulse of what to do, right? So it's hard to work against your impulses. But Mm -hmm. I feel like that really, what you just said kind of really speaks to what we talk about a lot. Because we talk about failure a lot on the the podcast Mm -hmm. um, because I'm obsessed with failure. As a tool to grow. Kind of a weird thing to be (laughs) obsessed about, but sure. Um, And yeah, kind of what you were saying about how like there's this initial moment where it's like, oh, like it's like a punch in the gut, right? And you have to like move past that. But I think it's important to to acknowledge like that. Yeah, it's going to feel like a punch in the gut. Absolutely. (laughs) It It feels like super personal, even Mm. though they're just like, oh, I'm just giving my opinion. And then they just get to go forget about it. Yeah. And then you have to. I feel would. that inside of your guts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would highly recommend, like, if you're having someone else read your work and give p- feedback, have them send you some kind of creative work and give feedback in return. Oh, so then you're both yeah. just like punching each other. In the <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Much uh, better to punch each other exactly. than to only. It, that's more equal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like come out really harsh on them so that you can be like, oh, yours wasn't so bad. Wait till you read mine. <laughs> no, but I, I yeah. agree with that. I yeah. think that. that that then you're both in a vulnerable position. Like exactly. we talked a little bit about that on the podcast too, mm-hmm. where like um, when you ask someone else to be vulnerable, you probably need to make yourself vulnerable too. And yeah. so th- like that's a good opportunity to do that. Vulnerability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice, nice vocabulary. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I think, I mean, that's a She's good just way. showing off for the writer. I know. <laughs> Reciprocal vulnerability. <laughs> Dystopian. Utopia. Yeah. Way to go. Saying all my words. <laughs> I'm smart. (laughs) Well, so do you, do you have an editor? Like, do you have like, Um, you know, your mom, a teacher, like somebody who you really trust, who you're used to their feedback and they're used to your writing? Yeah, it's sort of a mix of things. Like my mom definitely edits a lot of my work. I also sort of founded this writing group with some other folks. They live all over the world. So it's a little difficult to like coordinate times. Yeah. Yeah. But we originally met at this summer like writing workshop. Mm -hmm. It's called the Alpha Writing Workshop for Horror, Science Fiction, and Fantasy for Young Writers. That's what it's called. Yeah. It's a long name. name. (laughs) Cool. Um, And after we, you know, got used to each other's writing there, we realized, oh, we have the internet. We're Gen Z kids. (laughs) And we can communicate like... For 
forever because of this wonderful invention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we um, send each other work a lot of the time. Um, usually like multiple people sending work at once so that then when it comes time to like deliver critiques, you're not the only person in the yeah. spotlight, which mm-hmm. yeah, helps a lot. So I've got a whole plethora of editors. It's yeah. great. That sounds so valuable. Like what a cool mm-hmm. network to have. Yeah. I'd highly, highly recommend like roping any friends you have who are creators <laughs> into this. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, I mean, I don't know. So I like to, I like to write, but I, I like keep it all to myself because yeah. I get scared to share it. And um, I just think it's really valuable to have a group like that where you can like exercise that muscle of letting people read your stuff. Absolutely. Um, you definitely will get better like so much faster than just waiting and like submitting stuff. Um, but sometimes writing is hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stuck. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've met any creator of any type who hasn't at some point just been completely stuck and had no idea what to do. That's kind of yeah. like in the job description. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do yeah. you do in those situations? Do you- um, it's a it's a mix of things. Um, one thing I found really helps me is um, creating work in like other mediums. So mm-hmm. I got into really bad knitting. I have a whole bunch of lumpy <laughs> scars. <laughs> They look awful, but they're very warm. (laughs) Yeah. And that sort of helps you um, sort of exercise that like I'm creating something feeling without, you know, um, just getting stuck and frustrated with yourself. But then after a certain point, you do need to kind of just start writing and accept the fact that it's not going to feel great for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like so if you're having those writer's block moments, do you get right back into like the sort of important feeling work that you were doing and then maybe kind of throw away what you wrote later? Or do you like take a minute and start a new story where you're like, I'm just going to write a short story and it's maybe going to not be any good. What do you do do with that? Do you, I generally work on pieces that aren't like at the most critical importance to me so that then when I like go back and, you know, edit, everything (laughs) and it doesn't feel like I'm moving backwards because Mm -hmm. wow now I've got this like new idea that I explored and now I understand that new idea better another thing that really helps is just writing short little character studies so figuring out how a character deals with conflict how a character like interacts with their family even if you're not going to put it in the final story it can really be a nice way to write without as much pressure so it's very helpful Yeah. yeah I hear you have ambitious goals uh, for your writing. Do you want to talk a little bit about those? (laughs) Absolutely. So currently I'm working on a goal of writing 750 words a day, which is about three pages. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a nice little like round number sort Mm -hmm. of. Yeah. It's not a round number. I just realized that. (laughs) Do you count your school papers, like your work for school or no? It depends. If it's a school paper that like really got me to flex my creative muscles, then yes. If it's you know, um, writing short answers for something I understand really fully, generally not. So I kind of play fast and loose with the rules. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I've got this like sub goal sort of of writing about, uh, 
20,000 words a month, which tends to be a little bit more achievable because, you know, if you have an off day, if you're sick, you can still like pick back up the next day. You have another goal of sending works to publishers, right? Yes, I do. So I want to send out 100 works to publishers by the time I graduate high school. Um, I'm on my junior year right now, so time is running out. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you at? I'm on number um, 46 last time I checked. So we're getting there. Yeah. 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 And I started this goal about a year ago, so I think I'll be able to complete it Yeah, you're like halfway. Exactly, yeah. 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 (laughs) Have you had anything published? One piece. Yeah? Yeah, which honestly is just to show you that failure is like a necessary part of writing. Yeah. Uh, You will get like far more rejections than you ever do acceptances, and that's fine. I have... One piece published in a anthology called Triangulation Dark Skies that's raising awareness about light pollution. Yeah. Um, absolutely fun story to write. Yeah. yeah. It's about two women who've been working on this like piece together spaceship for decades now because they live in a world where light pollution is so vast that you can't see the stars at night. Yeah. But the like current church at the time is spreading the idea that stars are angels and that's the afterlife. So if you don't know whether or not stars are there, you don't know whether or not there's an afterlife. And yeah. since they're getting older, they want to find out for themselves without having to rely on others. Yeah. yeah it's it's a wonderful story to write. I what? cried so much while writing. <laughs> yeah. That sounds amazing. It, it was does. so yeah. fun. Is that searchable? Like, can yes. we find it? Yes, you can. Yeah. You should share the... If there's a, like a link to it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I will definitely share that. that yeah, great. we'll share that with everybody so they can read it. What kind of publication is it? Is it like submissions from youth or is it just straight it, up? That one was everyone, everybody. which I was very yeah. impressed. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank That's you. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And one, uh, it, so it's like a hard copy book sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And on the Amazon page where it's being sold, one commenter was like, my favorite story is why we endured the darkness, nice. which was my story. And I, oh my God, I wanted to frame that. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> you should. Why not? Amazon exactly. you. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you've got some good feedback from like achieving that goal. Yeah. Um, what about all those rejections though? Oh yeah. yeah. Those, those can be really tough, yeah. but the good news is it's sort of like, I don't know, lifting weights after a while, it gets easier and yeah, easier. Yeah. yeah. You build um, that muscle. Even though I like clearly don't lift weights a lot. <laughs> You know, Uh, do we look like we do? (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do enjoy uh, making a um, exercise related metaphor when I have no experience with it. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) That's my goal constantly. Well, I think that really speaks to like, yeah. I mean, if you have this goal of 100, the fact that you're at 46 and you've already got one public, that's like awesome. Like that. And you're a junior. Like, Mm -hmm. seriously, that's Yeah. And I feel like, you know, if you keep going at that pace, like Mm -hmm. you're just going to keep getting published. Exactly. (laughs) You get better over time. So hopefully those acceptances are going to be like closer together. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. 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 We'll see. Did you meet your word goal in 2019? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I originally had a word goal of 100,000 words because I started about midway through the year Mm -hmm. and I got up to 100 50,000 words, which, yeah, it's it's a large amount of words. It's a lot of words. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And of course, like, you don't have to write a whole bunch of words to, like, consider yourself a writer or to write a lot or anything. Uh, but just for me, um, the process of writing is something I greatly enjoy and it's how I get better. So, yeah. yeah. 
what what do you what does your process look like like Mm -hmm. when you're let's say you're going to write later this evening what would that look like um it would look like I grab my laptop and like curl up in a corner of my bed and then pull up Spotify and close Spotify and pull up a Word document and close it and then filter through all my folders and then eventually settle on something. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, you've got a process where you're kind of like, what about this? Mm, yeah, what about this? exactly. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Just bouncing all around Great. until I find something. Exactly. What kind of music do you listen to while you're in? Um, a lot of instrumental music, yeah. mostly because that's, that's the type of music where once I like get into that flow state and start writing a ton, then and I forget that music is playing. Mm-hmm. So th- that's perfect because then you aren't going to have like any other words floating around your head. Yeah. 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 Right. If you're writing words, sometimes hearing words is difficult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you do like classical lo-fi beats, like jazz? I like music. I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> I do a lot of folk music. Yeah. And nice. yeah, um, mm-hmm. some classical. Yeah. And then I've got this playlist of instrumental heavy metal that is Sweet. very good. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good type of genre variety, right? Because uh, yeah. they can sort of influence how you think about what you're writing, Definitely, right? yeah. definitely. Yeah. If you're writing a calmer scene, generally heavy metal isn't as helpful. <laughs> it can be, yeah. but, uh-huh. you know. There's some internal conflict going on exactly. in that calmer scene. Exactly. <laughs> as a person who's submitted a lot of works, experienced some failure, kind of figured that out. Um, We don't always get into like giving advice on this podcast, but like what advice do you have for like girls and young women who Mm -hmm. are doing these creative things and like wanting to put their work out there, whether it's writing or music or videos? What would you say to them? Yeah, I think the most important thing is set up some kind of way where when you inevitably have a whole bunch of rejections, you can do something nice for yourself. Um, So whenever I get a rejection in, I like go to the store and buy some pasta and then I have (laughs) pasta for dinner or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So just anything you can do to make the rejection process a little more welcoming to yourself. Yeah. Like just making it more comfortable is a fantastic, fantastic way to get more comfortable in general. Yeah. That's cool. a really good idea. It is a really good idea. <laughs> I'm going to use that for work. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, you're also, like, celebrating trying, exactly, right? Exactly, like, yeah. putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a lot of successes and failures in our jobs. Um, yeah. Uh, that's good advice for us. Yeah, I think it's good to just have, like, this is my go-to thing. This is what I do when, yeah. when I experience that failure moment or that yeah. rejection moment. And then, and then you know that's coming and you know that after that you can get through it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's something yeah. healthy. Like you're not necessarily like wallowing, right? You're exactly. Like, okay, yeah. I'm just gonna. Yep, this happened. <laughs> yeah, I we knew, move on. I knew another writer who um, taught a class that I was in, and she described her post rejection process as setting a timer for 30 minutes and wallowing as extremely as she can during that <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes, like, like walking around the house, wailing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> And then when that 30 minutes is done, she's like, all right, well, I did my best. That's I tried. Right. Exactly. Yep. How much ice cream can I eat in 30 minutes? <laughs> the answer is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah. Just full on drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's probably pretty cathartic. Like, <laughs> Definitely. I'm going to I'm going to cry. I'm going to wash my face and <laughs> life goes on. <laughs> different awesome. things work for different people. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Obviously, you have an interest in this, but the main thing you're doing is just doing it, right? Yeah, That's exactly. what's making you successful. Mm-hmm. You're just doing it. You're working on it every day and you're 
sharing it with people. Exactly. And so that's like really inspirational, I think, for our listeners. You know what I mean? It's just like, if you like it, just do it. <laughs> yeah. And and great things can come out of it and you can get a published work. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Be brave. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And our, our editor is also a writer. I think she's going to enjoy this oh, conversation. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Now it's time. Are you ready, Maddie? Absolutely. For Would You Rather? <laughs> I've got the question. Would you rather travel the world for a year on a very shoestring budget or stay in only one country for a year but live in luxury? Oh, that's tough. Ooh. Do I get to pick the country or is it just like throw a dart at a board? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's... You get to pick, right? You Yeah. Or do okay. we say that it's hmm. this country? No. No. Okay. You get to pick one, one country. country. One country. Okay. Yep. So you either get to like go around and see all kinds of stuff, but you're like, you got a backpack and $10 a day, or you get to live in luxury in the country of your choosing. Well, I'm young. I'm spry. I could probably travel the world right here. And that would be fantastic too. Just getting to experience that many different cultures and places would be uh, the best. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think writing, just to go back to the subject again. (laughs) I think writing is aided by how many life experiences you have. So the more you like get out there and do things that you're interested in, the richer your writing's going to be. So I'd much rather travel the world than stay in one place, but stay in a really nice, like luxurious way. Yeah. 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 Cool. Good answer. What do you think, Hannah? I'm going to pick the stay in one country. Not so much for the luxury reason, uh-huh. <laughs> but more for like my brain reason. Like I would like to get used to a place for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'm more likely to kind of go outside of my comfort zone when I have like more time to to be somewhere. Yeah. And like try. So then I would just want to do like all the things you can do in that place. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but it would like take me a while to get. I need like. I need a few days to just like be in the hotel room and like adjust to life. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that is Get over very jet lag. Figure out like I'm less spry. <laughs> figure out what words you can say in that language and yeah. like, yeah. like before you venture out. Yeah, and like figure out like what restaurants do I want to go to. Well, my main yeah. reason for traveling is food. So oh yeah, uh, me too. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. definitely. So yeah, what restaurants do I want to go to? What sites do I want to see? That kind of thing, and then like plan out my year, and and then I don't have to worry about money, like because you know, that's part of the deal. So yeah. um, then I can just go to whatever I want. But yeah, limited location, but yeah, longer period of time. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I think I'm going to pick the same thing as Hannah because I, I love traveling around <laughs> and I'm also less spray. Um, and I've kind of done the like bop around and go to all the like dirt bag spots. And, like, <laughs> and I love that. Like, you know, eating a $2 sandwich on the side of a canal and like riding trains. And, but I've done some of that. And I feel like now I'd want to be in like Barcelona. Like I would oh, love yeah. to just live somewhere <laughs> for a year. So like, I don't know, somewhere in Italy, somewhere in France. And I live in like some sweet villa, like the luxury part I feel like I'd even be more comfortable with more of like a mid 
luxury. <laughs> uh, luxury to not be too luxurious. Yes, yes. exactly. Like some cool sunny villa and I like get to know the town and I know where I go for my coffee every morning and I get to just be and like experience that one place I think is where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, but you should definitely do the traveling <laughs> on the shoestring because I feel like I wonder if this awesome. has a generational like it probably difference. Does. Like if you ask more young yeah. people, what would they say? If you ask people older than us, yeah. and Adele, what would they say? I'm very eventually curious. you're like, how many days can I wear <laughs> this pair of underwear? <laughs> like I <laughs> Just like uh, camping. Yeah, yeah it's just like camping. But like when you're when you're like 19, you're like, I don't care. Like yeah. as long as I have a bed. Um, yeah. And then you're 34 and you're like, I want my bed to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. I was kind of excited about that one. Yeah, yeah. that was a good one. That was a very yeah. good one. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for being on the podcast, Maddie. It was great. Thank you. Yeah, we really enjoyed this. I appreciate y'all having me over. Thank you very much. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> now it's time for Girls Pick. Hey, my name's Yomaris. I'm a junior and a part of the Girl Scout community. My three favorite sports are basketball, badminton, and archery. I've played all three sports, and each one has a unique feature I like. Basketball has an adrenaline because you can scream, get mad, and put all your energy into plays. Badminton is easy and relaxing, and archery practices concentration and balance, which I find useful in my everyday life. These are my top three picks. Girl Talk is brought to you by Girl Scouts River Valleys. Our host is Hannah Gilbert. The show is produced by Adele Erickson and edited by Sarah Mikatel. For more about the podcast and our team, go to girltalk.girlscoutsrv.org. See you next time.